Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I almost started <laughs> on hot garbage. <laughs> yes, welcome. We are here. <laughs> so um, it's been a week. Uh, Lissa moved, which is exciting and is stressful and wonderful and a lot of emotions all at once. And I've just had a week because I haven't had very good executive function. It happens. How's your week, guys? Are you yeah, all over the place? Week? Man, oh man. Yeah, I've I only cried eight times today, so. I cried once, but it was one of those like pissy cries where you're too mad to cry, so the tears start coming, and you're like, no, I'm even more mad. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do that too when I get mad and I start to tear up, and then I'm mad about the fact that I'm tearing up because I don't want to give someone else the like the satisfaction to know that they made me cry and misunderstand that I'm like they might think that I'm upset, but actually I'm just mad and I'm so mad that I'm crying. A thousand percent, and that person was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm too strong for this. I do not need tears right now. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, it's just so funny because for me, um, what's overwhelming is just working in a sea of boxes, which is so silly. It's so silly. There's no reason to be it's upset not, about that. It's not silly. It's valid because you've been wanting this space for so long and you're finally in the space and it doesn't feel like your space yet because it is consumed by boxes because you we're so excited about this move and all of the opportunities that come with this move that you overcommitted. Yeah, right? Overcommitment. That's definitely a thing of mine. And also, I think it's I think that that's a really beautiful point that I actually didn't think about because I have felt like I've already been living here for the last month. Um so I think that, yeah, there's a definite frustration of being here and wanting to, well, and also it's just in alignment with my energy to literally want to snap my fingers and have everything be in place like uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch, you know, how she could just poof, make everything go into its place. Um, so I think it's, it's the feeling of feeling like I need to backtrack to actually move in when my energy is already very much here. But that being said, I do want to acknowledge, yes, I'm in a pissy mood today. Today's podcast is literally just going to be us kind of talking about whatever we feel is relevant as opposed to any given topic. And um, also, we moved, you guys. <laughs> it finally happened. We've been talking about this on this podcast for the last year, and um, and it actually happened. And right now, out my window, I am literally looking at hills of redwood forest, and it's covered in fog. I wake up to a rooster in the morning, like a literal rooster. And um, and what I thought was going to be not that much bigger than our studio is actually so much bigger, like significantly bigger. So it's all good stuff. I'm, I'm just in a pissy mood today. So welcome. Yeah, you're allowed to be in a pissy mood, though. Moving is really a lot. It's a lot of emotions. It's a lot of actual labor. It's a lot of just going through because you have to literally look at every single thing like piece of item that you own twice once to determine if it's worth actually taking with you and then you have to look at it again because you like have to pull it out and then you have another process of looking at this item and saying why did past me think this was worth bringing or why did past me get rid of all of this stuff that I actually do need and you have to make big decisions about your daily life on top of already having to relocate. 
That's a really good point. I think that the actual moving process is something that I've like, I mean, loading the boxes into, which by the way, I will never in my life move without a U-Haul ever again, ever, ever. The last four big moves I've had have all been done with U-Hauls. And, um, and you know, you'll always have that friend that like offers like, oh, here's my truck or whatever. And you can use and no, like I'm one and done. Let's get this all done in one trip. And that process I actually find kind of fun because I have, um, a team of close family and friends, which if any of you happen to be listening to this right now, I love you so much. You have no idea. Um, they've showed up every single time to help me move and help me clean. And I like, yeah, like your real friends show up when it's time to move, you know, that's how you know who the real ones are. And, uh, and (laughs) that process, I love, I actually think it's a lot of fun. The fucking packing. Goddamn. Oh, that's that, that part where you have to, yeah, touch every single thing you own and decide if you want to keep it or not and put it into a box. And then what box does it fit in and then stack the boxes. So there's still room to navigate around. And then you get to where you're going and it's like, where the fuck is everything? And why aren't some of these boxes labeled? And, um, my tarot cards and all of my work stuff was in a box that I couldn't find this morning. And I just worked myself up into a frenzy because I have one-on-one sessions later this afternoon that I need them for, as well as our Patreon recording. And um, it's that kind of stuff, right? It's the the chaos and dysfunction that ensues during the packing and unpacking that really like, uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I am personally team, I've not moved a ton as an adult, but I am personally team pack as you're moving. <laughs> so I'm a wait, wait, wait. Pack as you're moving? Are you <laughs> shitting me? <laughs> so we just have empty boxes and then we like go into a room and we build the box and then fill the box with random stuff and then take that box out into the U-Haul. And um I don't recommend it. I'm just saying that's that is what we have always ended up doing. Megan, I never even knew that was an option. You're blowing my mind right now. Like literally I start packing a month in advance, a month, a month. So specifically so that I don't have to deal with that experience because again, I I told you guys, I have like my like team that shows up. And for me, my codependent ass is like, I need to make sure everything's ready to go when they get here so that they're not doing more than they have to. But, um, but we don't have a team. Right. Right. We've never had anybody come to help us. So I think that's one of the reasons. Well, I'll tell you what when you do move, which I don't think will be for a while now, but whenever that happens, I will happily fly out and help you. I will be part of your team. Well, now I'm just an asshole because I didn't fly out to help you. (laughs) It wasn't needed though. And quite frankly, like, um, I really wanted my nephews to be there because they've been with me in previous moves. Well, one was too little, but, uh, now they're both old enough to be there. And there, there's like, there wasn't enough room because yeah. the studio is so tiny. So there like just literally wasn't enough room. But this is also, um, I think a big part of what I'm going through, which I, Megan and I talked a little bit about before we, before we recorded. Um, oh, this might make me cry. Uh, but one thing that I'm realizing is this is my first move. I move a lot, you guys, a lot, like in the last, oh gosh, six years, I think I've moved five or six times. Um, hmm. That's tricky. I'll have to figure out that math. I move a lot. Um, I've moved zero times in six years. Ah, uh, yeah. 
but be careful because that's when all the things pile up. The longer you're in a place, the more Mm -hmm. shit you accumulate. Oh, I can attest to that 100% because we've been dealing with it this year and we are down to our very last pile, which I I sent you the picture of this weekend or Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, We had accumulated so much crap and there were just doom piles everywhere because we both have mental health stuff. And um, it was so easy because you get used to looking at something like you just get used to not having that part of your counter. Um, and then we have been tackling it and the space is so much bigger. But yeah, you you just accumulate crap the longer your place is. And we've been here for eight years. I had a... Uh, well, let me say this one thing real quick because uh, I, I want her to hear it. I know she listens. Um, this is the first time ever I've ever moved as an adult and I've moved a ton where my mom hasn't been there the next day to help me unload all the boxes Cause that's like what we do. Like she comes, will come over to the new place with me and whether I have a partner or not, it's like, Oh, his team, me and my mom unpacking everything. And then she helps me decorate. And she knows how I am with like white walls freak me out. I don't like them. And so she'll come over and like help me put all the stuff on the walls and unload everything in the kitchen. And it's always like a fun day of unpacking together. And so now being here for a week and nothing's unpacked, I think it's just a reminder that like for the first time ever, I'm, far away from her and she has um driving anxiety she has like very real issues with anxiety that i uh thought i inherited but in in fact just accepted as they were projected (laughs) which we talk about all the time on this podcast um so uh she can't drive like she can't just come to see me like if i'm gonna see her i have to go down and drive her or pick her up and bring her back so she's working this week and is not able to be here um, so I think I just miss mom too. <laughs> I think that's part of what's going on. That made me tear up too. And no wonder you can't unpack your boxes. No wonder they're still all in boxes. You don't have your, your, your team. Yeah. And she's like the organization master. So anytime, cause I don't know where anything goes. You guys, I have severe ADD. Like you can, you can tell me that this cabinet is for mugs and I don't know. I'll just throw whatever in there because out of sight, out of mind. And my mom always has this like organization system that she'll like teach me as she's unpacking everything. And then my closet, she like loves clothes and loves to color code things. And um, and yeah, so now I'm just realizing like, oh, fuck, now I'm going to have to figure out where things go. Luckily, luckily, my partner like already has plans for that. So but I found myself having internal resistance to that. And I don't think it's anything to do with that but now in retrospect it's like oh i'm just sad my mom's not here i think that that's ultimately what it is your mom is such a beautiful soul too god team yeah she's my biggest cheerleader that's for sure like um and be careful because if you ever talk shit about me on tiktok or social media she will she'll come (laughs) yeah i've seen it um she is such a beautiful person and she made me cry so much earlier this week because she reached out about an episode or no a patreon thing and it's just so beautiful to see that relationship and that support and to have that tradition. And I'm so sorry that you didn't get to do that. And I'm so sorry to her that she didn't get to be part of it because I'm sure that was also weighing on her as well. You know what though? That's a good segue into a little bit about flow state because um, I did have a really beautiful experience with her that I would have never gotten to have had I not listened to my intuition. So um I had originally planned to go on vacation in Oregon 
with my partner for his birthday and was really looking forward to it. I really wanted to go and then got super swamped with work in a way that's really positive because I love my job and uh, and needed to pack. Like all m- most of what we're moving is mine because I've come from like living on my own and uh, before we moved in together and having like apartments full of stuff. And uh, he's much more of a minimalist and can move everything a lot quicker than I can. And so I had a lot of stuff to pack and decided last minute that I wasn't going to go because it just like I literally couldn't make it happen. I couldn't get to Oregon and back within a week and then move like the day that I came back. So um, I stayed and in the process of staying, I thought, oh, well, you know what? I think I want to go to the new house and have the Internet installed. That way that's set up to go for work because there were some issues with that and a lag with the original timing of it. And then I thought, oh, you know what? I should uh, bring my mom with me. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff about this that I'm not going to say here, but I will say on Patreon because it's personal. But it was a really special trip. And I had never seen this house before. Um, This house, my partner uh, came and saw it and did all the original footwork for it. And I just trusted him. I knew that he would pick a place that we liked. And um, and so my mom and I got to see it together for the first time. And we actually went around and did like a little welcoming ceremony. She had um, gone out of her way to pick flowers from my old apartment and dry them so that they were like that we so that we could disperse them and spread them around. And um, and we like planted crystals and did this whole little welcoming thing and then had a night together like on air mattresses in an empty apartment and then got to visit this whole area um which was really exciting for her for reasons i will talk about on patreon and um and none of that would have happened if i decided to go on my original intended trip and none of it was really planned it was kind of just like oh this makes sense but it ended up being a really special time for us that I think was necessary because of how close we are and how big this move is for me. So that was nice. It's not an apartment though. You're in a house now. Oh shit. Sorry. It's a house. Yeah. I should be more specific. It's a, it's one house that's split, split, split into two. So it's a duplex, but it doesn't feel like a duplex. It feels like a house. And the yard is as, I think it's literally as big as the house. Like, I don't think I'm exaggerating with that. The yard is gigantic. Mm-hmm. We have three trees. And on one side is a big old yard. And on the other side is just redwood forest. So. Oof. The reason I brought that up, though, was because a big difference in the spaces, in addition to just it being larger and laid out in a better way, is that you have that yard because you really needed that outdoor space. You needed that connection and you have that now. This move is such a big deal for you in so many ways. And it opens up so many portals and it opens up so many opportunities and it gives you the opportunity to ground your energy in an entirely new way. Well, and to be big, it's it's like... You get to take up so much space. Yeah, you guys, it, it was... A tiny little box, a tiny little box. And at one point, it was a tiny little box that I couldn't even exit because of some things that I was dealing with that I completely got myself into and overthought. And uh, like literally, there was a time where I didn't even want to go outside to see my neighbors. And like, it was a tiny, tiny little apartment. And now, like, the yeah, like we we've been eating dinner 
in the backyard and like having coffee in the backyard. And I would say doing yoga in the backyard, but like Jensen's done yoga in the backyard. I've like sat on a mat and stretched for two seconds, but, but um, the ability to just take up space uh, is phenomenal. And I, and I really respect people that can live in cities that are very congested and feel comfortable and safe in that space, but we're all different. And that's just not me. That's like, I need silence and quiet and space um, because there's always so much going on in my head. It's so loud up there. Like the, being in a place like this is really where I feel like I can be at peace. It's really nice. Another thing with you having more literal space that I'm really excited about is that you get to now have a desk, which for a lot of people might be like, oh, a desk, that's not super exciting. But to me, that is really exciting for you because you haven't had, you've been doing all of this work from home and you haven't had a dedicated space you haven't carved out like that literal living area of your home being dedicated to your really significant work with the podcast or the patreon or your patreon or your literal job and um your readings and everything else you've always just kind of fit them into what you had available to you and now you get to dedicate an actual corner of your living room to this and that feels really energetically significant to me well let's be more specific every single podcast has been recorded on my floor including this one because the desk is not delivered yet it's a it's it's not a shit show it's actually very beautiful in here it's beautiful it's organized chaos but um yeah every single podcast i've ever recorded has been done on the floor which i don't complain about because i enjoy being on the floor. Like I really do. But, um, but yeah, to not have a workspace has been a lot and to bring in, uh, like, like this is all me, all my stuff, but also for my partner and I to be able to have a home together, that's a really big one because we haven't had a home that's felt like home and this is that, and it's our first time experiencing that together. And feels like my first, um, I want to be careful about how I say, I'll talk about that over on the Patreon. I don't want to say anything that uh, is too personal, but it's a home. It like feels like home to us. And so I'm really excited to have that uh, in a partnership where I can. So like in the other place, it was originally my studio and it was all my stuff everywhere. It was like, this is Lissa, like all of Lissa's things. And um now it's like it gets to be a combination of both of us, like a reflection of both of us, an actual home. And I don't, I've never, as an adult, taken the time to really like decorate a home so that it's a reflection of myself and my partner, you know, and like really comfy and cozy for us in a way that's uniquely us because I just wasn't aware of what my energy was. I didn't really know who I was. And I, hadn't taken the time to figure that out because I didn't even know I didn't know. And now that I know, um, it really gives me an opportunity to create a space that's a reflection of that, that's uniquely our own, that you wouldn't see anywhere else. He's also sick and not doing the best. He's, he's resting it off. But if you hear any coughing in the background, that's him. I had talking about making things feel like home we've been doing a lot of work to our house most of it is like organization or building new systems or decluttering 
but we've also made some small improvements. Like we have a tiny bathroom. Um, our bathroom is tiny, tiny, tiny. We literally, we've looked at getting new sinks for our bathroom, um, like the vanity sink thing, and they don't make them stock as small as we need. I guess they had it custom made. Um, it's smaller <laughs> than any sink that you can buy without making something custom. So we don't have a lot of storage space in our bathroom and um, like we got shelves that go over the toilet and now we actually have room to put stuff without having to cram it all in a closet and then the closet got cleaned in. Anyway, we've been doing stuff like that and one of the things that made the space and it happened last night and it's so silly and small for it to be like, oh, it feels like home now. But yesterday um, I had ordered some hooks to go onto the cabinet on the side next to the kitchen sink and um I got I didn't even realize they were metal at the time they were so much nicer quality than I was expecting these nice looking kind of aesthetic hooks that just have like a command strip on the back and you stick it on so we could do two towels next to the sink one is for like drying your hands and one is for like dishes to do when you do the hand wash dishes so you can have something to dry and I got all new kitchen towels. And for some reason, the act of doing this and like I hung it up and all of a sudden it just felt like, oh, this is my kitchen and it's cozy and nice. And I don't know why that small detail made such a difference for me, but it, I want to cry now thinking about feeling so much more comfortable in our home. And it's really important to feel comfortable in your home because that's your ground energy it's where you live your life and if a kitchen towel makes you happy you it's it's okay Megan <laughs> well, do you want to talk about the big thing you guys are doing because that's really big and this has been a long time the coming. floors yeah oh yeah, my yeah. gosh <laughs> so last week we finally replaced our water heater um which we've we've had like intermittent hot water like it's kind of like a, a a dice game like you never know if you're gonna get super hot water or if you're gonna get lukewarm cold water like we it's it's an older water heater we replaced that last week and then the gentleman who installed it they were super nice and um they had a really good recommendation for a flooring place so next week we are going to pick out floors and get that scheduled and the floors have been a really big anxiety piece for us because it's eight-year-old carpet. We have two cats. We used to have a dog. Um, it's especially since we started working from home um, and we have our doors closed a lot more often. Well, I've all, I've worked from home for a while, but my partner started working from home full, home full time two years ago. Um, so we have meetings that overlap. So we have to do doors closed and the cats have clawed it and um, there are stains from I'm clumsy and I spill drinks and stuff sometimes. Um, and so we're getting like fake wood, but I'm so excited about it because it's been, I think I've been talking about us about to get new floors for two years. <laughs> we couldn't do it originally because of everything that was happening. And, um, now we can, um, but we've been putting it off for a really long time because we had to go through every room and make sure that it was ready and like, um, cause we need to be able to pull everything out of the rooms pretty quickly and put it back. And, um, it was just too cluttered. It wasn't a possibility. And we finally got to that place and we can do it. And I'm just so excited And my, I have so much anxiety about the floors. Like, do you ever just 
see something in your home and it just makes you feel like bad, you know, like say you have like a, a stain somewhere and every time you see it, you're just like, oh, I hate that. And that's been my floors for a while. And I'm just so excited about it. And I want to talk about the people who came to do the, with the water heater because there's something I really appreciated about them. Um, I make all of the appointments. I talk to all of the people. I do all of the things. But it never fails that because I am married to a gentleman um, that they want to talk to him. They want to um, have him pay. They want to have him do all of the final approvals. Um, I work on our cars. And if I ever go get it, my husband does too, but like we both do it. And if I ever go to buy a part, they, they want to know if like I need to ask my husband to make sure I have the right thing because there's no way I could possibly know the right thing. And um, this company are super awesome. And they came out, they greeted me, they gave me all the information. I made the final approvals. And then whenever we went to go pay the like $2,200, they came to me. And that meant so much to me, you know? I wonder if this is a, like a location thing because being a Californian and also doing a lot of those things myself, um, damn, that's never something I've run into. I'm and in if- the Bible Belt and it happens <laughs> all of the time. Women are, we, we are homemakers and we don't have brains here. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that just would not fly, but it also probably wouldn't fly because it, if that happened and if someone was like, well, can I talk to your husband? Um, they'd get a mouthful for sure would be my guess. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an area thing. And that's one of the reasons why eventually we would like to move somewhere where maybe I'm not treated like an object and an, instead of person. Do you guys have any um, prospects? Well, first of all, I want to note that uh, Megan and her husband have been contemplating moving for a very long time and just oh, recently yeah. decided to kind of stay where they are. And then that's why all these changes are happening to their house, because mm-hmm. they've decided to make it comfortable and stay where they are. But down the line, there will likely be a move. And my hope is that it's like, you know, West Coast somewhere. Yeah, um, like Washington. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that. a really good point because we we were really undecided for a few years. We wanted to get out of the Bible Belty area um, that we are in, and um, what happened was we we graduated high school. We started dating the summer that I graduated high school, um, and moved in together after our first date. So we've been together for a really long time. I'm in my thirties now, and we were in this area. And then I got a job in my state working for the state and whenever at that time it was like oh I was 22 let's buy a house and um because we were privileged in that way because we had decent jobs um and also houses were a lot cheaper back then um and so we bought our house in the state that I worked in because it was cheaper than the state we were living in at the time and um we have just been here ever since and we don't really align with a lot of the energy in this area, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, it is not in alignment with our energy and what we want and our values. And we want to live somewhere that's a little bit more comfortable. And so there was a, but we both have anxiety. So the act of actually moving is really scary. So we've spent a lot of time, years, being back and forth about like, okay, let's move. We're doing it next year. We're doing it next year. And we're really, that's a common loop that we go through as we 
say we're going to do something, plan the thing out, do an immense amount of research, more research than any human should be, so many spreadsheets, so many comps and specs and <laughs> factors because we have to have all of the information to make decisions. And um, we kept doing it and we wanted to be out of here so badly, so much so that like we were neglecting our house. We were neglecting our space because who cares about this house? We're going to sell it anyway. And um, we made the decision last year because um, it's it's the world's been a little bit uncertain. Energy's been a little bit uncertain, and we wanted. What? Yeah, no. could you imagine? No. Um, with everything that's gone on, <laughs> we wanted to hang out here. We um, agreed to five years, and we weren't just going to hang out here for five years. We wanted to be comfortable in our space, which is why. We're um, reorganizing everything and buying a new furniture. And I finally painted my office and got new furniture for it. And we're actually moving into our home again <laughs> instead of just existing in our home. So the floors are a really big deal. I'd like to acknowledge, too, this could very well be like a tourist thing that a lot of Tauruses are going through. Because for a while now, both Megan and I have been like discussing moving and like resetting roots for the last year. So I'm curious if there's any other Tauruses out there that are going through the same thing because we are both Tauruses and, uh, and this is definitely energy we've been in, in the last year. Megan, what's your, what's your moon and your rising? Um, I am a Taurus moon and a Virgo rising. Okay. Cause I'm a Capricorn moon and a Libra rising. Wait, I what did think you it say? would surprise anyone that I'm a Virgo rising. <laughs> you, you're Earth, 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 huh? Yeah. So I'm Shit. a Taurus, Taurus, Virgo, and uh, I'm a May Taurus, and you're an April Taurus. Mm-hmm. But my chart is so Earth dominated; it's insane. Like, uh, it's all Earth and Air, which is a tornado, right? Um, but the fact that your main three, I'm also talking about this, like I have any idea about astrology and I really don't. Um, but I do think it's interesting because we've been in such similar energy and I am obsessed with, uh, YouTube tarot readings to the point where I'm having to like monitor myself because as a, like a human design manifester, I exist, uh, what P taught me this actually, P the fairy, I didn't realize this before, that I exist in a sort of constant void space until I decide to create. So I think it can actually be harmful for me, for my specific energy to be listening to these readings because in essence, they're sort of programming potential realities, whether or not they would have been true prior. But, um, but all of the Taurus readings that I've been listening to are like moving or mo I keep hearing two things, either moving or redecorating. <laughs> and I moved, I moved and Megan's redecorating. So I find that interesting. Um, I had to do something similar because thinking about content consumption and the energy around it. Um, I used to be big true crime person. Like I would do true crime all day, every day for podcasts because I need multiple stimulus to be able to function like a human being. And um, I actually had to step away from that for a while because I realized, hey, maybe it's not amazing for my energy day to day to constantly be like one upping myself. Like when I was in high school, I used to look specifically look for the like the most fucked up thing that I could find on the internet. And they're like, used to be the pain games and like, 
the internet's if you get you can get to some places that you shouldn't get to and i definitely got to them at a very young and impressionable impressionable age and i used to like watch movies specifically for like gore factor and stuff um because i'm i really like cinema and um i don't know i liked also edgelording myself and I realized I was in that kind of pattern of um, not feeling my emotions and instead replacing them with like these dark things. And I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with your crime, but I am saying that I have reduced it to in moderation now. And um, it feels a lot better <laughs> to be in my energy instead of that, that panic state all of the time. Dr. Death. Was that something you got into? Yep. Oh, man. If you want to go down a wormhole or rabbit hole or whatever you call it, Dr. Death was a good one. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I think that there, I mean, it produces chemicals in the brain, right? We are all, we are all after those dopamine hits and um, yeah, definitely true crime hits on that. Cause it's like shocking and you're like, Oh my gosh, but um, murder porn. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just not, no, it's it, not in modern you know i don't know to each their own to each their own because i do know people that that obsessively do listen to that stuff oh i I absolutely do yeah no judgment there is no um, judgment i'm just saying for me i realized that the content and the people of because i also around the same time adjusted my social media following um so i specifically like if anyone was too salesy or like they were promoting um things that I just didn't really super align with or if they were um, I like filled my like social media with people that were more like me and especially since I like I'm I'm round Um, and instead of having like the perfect body well quote unquote perfect body and everybody like was perfect and everything was posed and everything and now my feed is a lot more authentic and people actually being themselves and um people with different body shapes and disabilities and things and I feel so much better about myself now like I I can look at myself and be like oh you're like really attractive right now that's something that always blows my mind especially with TikTok with that algorithm because I will hear people complaining about how dangerous something is or how harmful mind you like I was doing this with YouTube with the tarot readings right um but it's all a self-fulfilling prophecy so in other words I gravitate towards the tarot readers who essentially will reflect back to me the thing that I'm afraid to hear because that's how the universe works and um and if I'm expecting to hear something bad well guess what I get and but with TikTok so that's a little different because with tarot I'm like going and searching like Toro, Toro, <laughs> like a Taurus, whatever reading. But with TikTok, it's all just based on what you are already watching and interacting with. So when people are saying like, look at how terrible things are, or look at all this awful stuff happening, it's like, that's you, friend. That's not, <laughs> that's literally you. Like, take a look at like everything that shows up on my feed, except for like lives are just the Wild West. I don't even know what the fuck's happening in the live space. But I don't really engage with live because it's incredibly overwhelming for me, but normal TikTok just stream like FYP. Um, Every single thing on my FYP is someone doing a tarot reading or someone doing a light language transmission or someone talking about, you know, their personal love and relationship experience or someone crying about a hard day they had. There's literally nothing like there's no fear mongering, there's no inauthenticity, there's no um, even the ads 
are like shit that I'm actually somewhat interested in. And I'm like, oh, huh. Like there was one um, where you can like read a book in a short amount of time because it's basically giving you the cliff notes. Um, So if you're someone that's getting specifically your social media feeds and you are seeing that the world is a dangerous and dark place, uh, I'm going to be super blunt and clear with you. Your internal world is a dark place and it's being mirrored to you through the technology that you're using because that's how it works. And Megan can actually tell you a little bit about that in terms of advertising and whatnot because she sees the back end of it. Oh, yeah. With advertising, it's constantly using any sort of fragment of data that you're giving out into the world. And you don't even know you're giving data out, but you're you're giving a lot of it out. And we use that to target you. Um, and I say we because I do work for a marketing agency and I do make ads, but I don't like always pr- like I don't I don't set up the ads, but I'm very familiar with how they're set up. Um, and but especially with social media, though, with algorithm like any sort of that, that's anything that's algorithmic it's looking for what gets the most interaction and with tiktok it's kind of a really unique situation because and on other platforms the things that you're going to come across are mostly like things that elicit really strong emotions so like on facebook which i don't i don't mess with facebook but with facebook um, it's a lot of like fear and rage and anger and because that they're promoting that content because it's what gets the most engagement and it gets the most engagement because it makes you feel the strongest feelings. But with TikTok, it's really easy to get into an echo chamber. Um, and that's something you need to be mindful with if, with anything in your life is that you might be in an echo chamber where you're hearing what you're only experiencing your own opinion echoed back to you. And that's really easy to happen in TikTok. So if you are, especially on TikTok, getting into a realm of being in a really negative space, you might want to check in with like what you're personally engaging with and how that reflects your own energy. Now, I fully admit my TikTok is an echo chamber of queer positivity and art and small businesses supporting one another and magic and self-improvement and lots of animals so many animals and so many good things and and so it's kind of a comfort space for me but that also means it shows me that I'm in a really authentic comfortable space it doesn't always stay there because sometimes it does get into some other places and that's usually because I'm interacting or engaging in those things like if I start paying more attention to um, one thing that comes up for me is like sometimes people will be like gossiping or doing drama or story time about like a toxic work environment or something and then I'll end up on toxic work environment TikTok for a little while because I'm engaging with these stories and they're usually like four or five parts and then I'm like looking up the company that wronged the person and reading the reviews and and I have gone there I know I have (laughs) okay so I'm going to try and explain something in the way that I understand it because I think it's important, but I don't know. I don't know. My energy is kind of weird today. So let's see if I can do a good job because I think this echo chamber thing is something that's so important for us to understand and it can, it's neutral. The echo chamber itself is neutral. It's what we do with it. So as someone who uh, creates way more than I consume on TikTok, there's all different kinds, right? I recently found out that a lot of my followers are silent followers, meaning vast majority of the people that follow my content regularly on TikTok, which I'm producing pretty much daily, 
um, are individuals who do not create their own content. So once I figured that out, that made me real excited because I'm fully aware that there's a percentage of those people who want to create, but who are afraid to create. So I'm like, oh, okay, I have like a group I can work with here because I want to sort of be their cheerleader. But um, but the echo chamber. So as someone that creates way more than I consume, my echo chamber happens in the feedback that I get from the videos that I produce. And what that sounds like is, we agree with you. What you're saying is correct. Yes, this is truth. Yes, this is truth. true for me. Or you're right. And that can also be really dangerous because it's not true for everyone. Just because it's true for me and just because it's true for the individuals that are watching my content, I am in their echo chamber and they are in my echo chamber. So it's really important for me to just check myself as a content creator and recognize like I'm creating content that's resonating with a specific group of people and that's beautiful and wonderful. And as long as I'm not hurting anybody or um, sharing information that's polarizing, which I'm... uh, which I do sometimes unintentionally anyways, but whatever, like causing harm, right? You want to pay attention to, are you creating any content that could potentially cause somebody harm? And if so, check yourself. And, or are you creating content where you're making blanket statements about things, in which case check yourself, right? But um, but what happens is, is if I have a video, I don't know if you would call it go viral, because I think in order to go viral, you have to have over a million views. and uh, And I'm not at that at all. But when I have videos that blow up, so I'm talking like over 50,000 views or something, that's when the echo chamber stops being an echo chamber. That's when the out, like individuals that usually don't see my content somehow stumbled across my content because it's getting pushed out there. And um, that's when all the varying type of feedback comes in. And at in the beginning, that really freaked me out because it was like, oh God, people can be really mean. People can be really mean really mean. And um, as someone who used to be much more sensitive than I am now, it would be really easy to look at that and be like, you know, take it personally. But now it means, okay, so I'm out of my own echo chamber. It's having a larger impact and a bigger ripple. And people are able to see things and like, hmm, look at things in a way that is creating a response, right? Like an inner friction or a response. And I think that's really cool. But my point with this whole echo chamber business is that this is how the universe works. (laughs) And this is what contrast is. So when you're in a state of alignment, which is never consistent ever, ever, good luck trying to maintain alignment your entire life. I I personally don't think it's possible, nor would you want it to be because that's boring. But um, when we're in a state of alignment, we're, well, actually not even that, just in general, our lives are an echo chamber. Just like if you're on TikTok watching only cat videos, okay? So all you're getting is cat videos. The universe is like, oh, so you like cats. Or well, TikTok is like, oh, so you like cats and we want you to interact with this platform. So we're going to give you more cats. Well, if you're out and about in your regular life and let's say it's like, um, uh, I'm always broke. I hate how I'm always broke. Crap, I'm always broke. I wish I had more money. That's the echo chamber you're creating for yourself. And this is the part where I was like, I hope I could explain this. The contrast is like what happens for me when I go from being in my own echo chamber to having a video that gets a bunch of views where I'm now getting alternate feedback, some of it negative in my perception of it. Um, because we're stepping out of a place of that echo chamber and into a contrasting experience so that we can better define what it is we actually want for ourselves. And we can take that information and then 
like step out of alignment with it. Or we Megan, can you think of a way to explain? Am I explaining this in a way that makes sense? I don't know that I am. I think that you are, but I think essentially what the point is that you have contrast with your, you have your own safe space, you have your own energy, you have your own things, but then sometimes you have an out, like an external, like your safe space gets invaded by other opinions or facts or whatever. And um, you kind of have to use that opportunity to evaluate your own relationship with those opinions and be challenged with them. Now, I have two things I want to say, though, um, in relation to this. One, no one responds to negative comments with as much grace and tact as you do. And I that's one of the things that I really admire about you, especially in this, this stance, is because if you have someone, because I've seen the comments and stuff on your videos, if you have someone with a, a, an opinion or a view or that isn't a truth for them and they're very verbal about that in your um, comment section, you always try to understand, um, not to like validate and say like, oh, you're right and I'm wrong, but you always try to understand their perspective and you handle it with such tact and grace and you're really open-minded to hearing those different opinions and views. And I think that's one of the things that kind of leads into point number two is remember that you are in an echo chamber. You are getting back what you like are putting out and you're hearing what you want to hear. And so it's really easy with your brains to be like, okay, all I hear all day, every day is that um, the sky is blue. The sky is blue. The sky is blue. Um, and then you forget that because you're constantly getting validated with that, that for some people that sky is pink. And they're in the same sort of loop where in their echo chamber, they're like, the sky is pink, the sky is pink, the sky is pink. And so it can be really alarming to your system when you like know this to be true, that the sky is blue. And then there's someone over there that says the sky is pink. And you don't understand that you're both in this loop with one another where it's really difficult for you to understand. But if you are open-minded to the fact that what is true for you isn't always true for the person that you're talking to, you can really open yourself up to having these like contrasting um, viewpoints. And then you get to understand one another a little bit deeper. And you might realize that what's true for you might actually, like the sky might actually be somewhere and it's kind of purple. And from this perspective, it looks pink. And from this perspective, it looks blue because no one's actually looking straight up at the sky that's purple, you know? And I just want you all to be mindful of that. That's also the exact reason why I get... So if someone's just being hateful, if they're just like, you're crazy, it's like, whatever. But if someone is giving me information from their perspective about what their truth is, even if they're mean about it, if it contrasts to what my truth is, there's so much information and data there. And that's why I do that. It's not even because I'm just trying to be nice because I can certainly have a fawn response where I want everybody to like me. And that's really not where that's coming from. It's coming from a place of like authentic interest and curiosity because I understand like the way the world works. If you have a Rubik's cube and it's like put together, right? Like it's a completed Rubik's cube and you have people standing on all what would that be? Four, five, six sides of a Rubik's cube? I hope I'm getting that right. Um, then if you're looking at it, I'm going to say, well, this cube is purple. Well, the person standing across from me is going to be like, no, it's yellow. And someone standing 
like um, bird's eye view would be able to see a lot more and be like, actually, you're both right. But if we're arguing with each other about I see purple, so it's purple. And they're like, I see yellow, so it's yellow. We're not going to get anywhere. But for me, what those certain comments are is it's, <gasps> okay, there's someone, there's someone with a different perspective that can see something different than I can. And it helps us in terms of our human experience to be open to engaging with somebody else's truth and reality without having it threaten our own, because it shows us how we can meet people where they're at and share information. Like, wouldn't you want to think about that for a minute? If I'm living my whole life thinking that this whole cube is purple, and then I find out that for somebody else, it's actually yellow and it's really yellow. And that would, would take like openness in my heart to be able to comprehend the fact that it could be yellow. And then I find out that somebody else says it's red. Like that, and my whole body's kind of tingling right now, actually talking about this. Like that's a big deal because it's like, holy shit, the universe is so much bigger. There's so much more room than we give it credit for. And I really look forward someday to being able to have conversations with people who I think that this comes from my grandparents. So my uh, grandma Rose and grandpa Glenn did not have the same beliefs about the afterlife. Uh, my grandma was like hardcore Christian and literally believes that like when you die, you're on a cloud in heaven somewhere, like literally just with God on a cloud in heaven, literally in the clouds. And my grandpa was a religious scholar that spent years of his life reading really re reading and studying religious texts. And he classified himself as a deist. And um, they loved each other very much. And they didn't argue about that. It was just like they, they view the world differently. And I always really respected that because it didn't prevent them from having an, like the most loving relationship I've ever seen between two human beings. And they were very much in love until they passed away. And uh, if if we can make room for that and not have someone else's reality threaten our reality, then our world can literally expand because we can go, wow, they see the world that way and I see the world this way and yet we can still coexist. And this is my issue. Like I just did a post this morning on Instagram about like stay away from polarizing topics because it's bullshit, you guys. It's completely bullshit. If someone's telling you something and they're like, this is true, myself included, it's true for them. It's true for them. And they're, they're speaking from, from their stance and their position. And it's always this and that. But I really look forward to us continuing to cultivate and create a world where everything can coexist and we can kind of pick and choose like, okay, but what feels the best to me, you know? Yes. And one thing that I think that we'll continue to do, because I know we've we've made mistakes and we'll continue to make mistakes because we're flawed people, is being really mindful about the messages that we're putting out there because there are contrasting views and opinions and experiences and lived experiences and emotions and energy and all of the things in the world. And sometimes it might be a truth for us. Sometimes it might be um, something that we're not fully informed on, but we always really want to be mindful of the fact that just because we're having an experience doesn't mean that you're having the exact same experience and we might say something wrong or get something wrong but I know for a fact that we are both always willing to learn and grow and do the research and do the work and do the things that we have to do because um, I just want to know what other people's thoughts or feelings or experiences are and I would never want someone to I, I don't know, change everything about themselves to try to align with something that I 
at some point felt was the correct thing. Does that make sense? It does. I I also really do think, though, that what we promote here and what we have promoted from the beginning is learning how to listen to yourself. And that's really like in all of my one-on-one sessions and in all of the content that I create on all the platforms, I think that the one consistent message across the board is like, what, what about, like, how do we, and, and sorry, let me stumble on my words for a second. The reason this is such a big deal for me is because I've struggled with this my entire life, specifically what is true for me and how can I learn to trust myself, right? You all know this, this is old news, but in regards to working with other people, I think that that's really the core component is forget about what anyone else is saying. How does it feel in your body when you hear that? Like what, because you can really, like my grandpa had a saying, uh, take what you like, leave what you don't and build it as it comes. In other words, um, in working in a one-on-one session with a client recently, I used this example and I like it a lot. Living life and especially in terms of spiritual beliefs and, and your own personal inner truth is a lot like having a costume box and trying on different costumes. Let's say you try on a cowboy costume and you hate the costume, but you love the hat. Okay, keep the hat, put everything else away. And then you try on a cheerleader costume and you're like, I really hate this costume, but I love the pom-poms. Okay, now you got a cowboy hat and you got pom-poms in your hand. And you sort of just keep going through that process until eventually you're wearing an outfit that every single piece of it feels like you. And you're like, this is me. And you're going to go to other people in your life and they're going to look at you and be like, well, that doesn't make any sense because none of those things go together and none of that can possibly coexist. And it's not true. And I think that that's the type of reality we're moving out of because we are starting to get more comfortable cultivating our own inner world that is very unique to us. And I think we're definitely seeing, especially with like gender pronouns and the way people are uh, presenting themselves in a way where there's like a fearlessness and how uh, they're choosing to be perceived like, hey, this is what I am. That's going to allow for much more like nuance. Things aren't going to be as polarized. It's going to be like everything's coexisting. I was listening to a um, uh, uh, Jessa Reed's uh, Patreon energy update recently. And one of the things that she was saying that I just, I wish everybody could hear this is that right now you're going to find evidence for everything. Sort of like the echo chamber we were talking about. You're going to find evidence for everything. You're going to find evidence why, I'm pretty sure it was Jessa Reed that said this. You're going to find evidence why the was it her? Why you should eat meat or why you shouldn't eat meat. You're going to find evidence for why, you know, living in this place is good for your mental health, why it's bad for your mental health, how, uh, you know, cell phones don't cause any harm at all, how they're actually causing brain tumors. You literally will be able at this point in time, at this point in human history, be able to find evidence to support anything that you believe. And you're also going to be able to find evidence that supports everything that you disbelieve as well. So you get to choose and either way you're right. So I think rather than, is it true? Is it like, how does it feel in your body? And then stick with those things that, that feel like a match, recognizing that anything will have evidence right now. And that's the whole point is we're learning discernment and we're stepping into a new part of this creative game where we're getting to use discernment to literally create the worlds that we live in internally and externally in a completely new way because it's not as polarized. We're moving in that direction at least, at the very least. Yes. And one thing I do want to say is if you are seeing, 
I guess I'm going to just talk about my experience because um, you were talking about the things like being a lot less black and white. One of the things that I had this conversation with my partner last year where I was talking about how amazing it is for kids these days to have so much more flexibility in the way that they're presenting themselves, so much more flexibility in the way that they exist or live their lives, specific to um, like it being a lot more available to people to transition into a gender that feels more in alignment with who they are or to be non It was specific to non-binary people and the conversation was because um, I thought that was really cool and I had thought about like if I was a kid at that time, um, what would I have done? Like, what, what what would I have identified as? What would I have been um, in regards to, like, sexuality and gender identification? And I was thinking about how, like, super cool it would be because I, I definitely struggle with femininity and I definitely don't, like, I don't feel like a girl. I don't feel like a boy. I don't feel like anything. And um, I've always felt that way and I didn't really have any, like, words for that or verbalization for it and how if I was a kid at that time, I would have um, probably identified somewhere on the like non-binary spectrum. And um, it occurred to me earlier this year that um, I don't have to be a kid to um, decide that I am just Megan. I'm Megan and it doesn't matter. And um, I'm fine with whatever you want to call me. I don't really care because I don't even feel super attached to Megan, to be honest. Um, I just am. And that's okay. And I even with my company, when we were going through and updating a bunch of stuff, um, which I never would have done in the past, said my pronouns were she, they. And in the past, I would have like, even if I were going through the same thing or feeling the same way or doing the same thing, um, I never would have like admitted that in a professional sense, because this is what goes out anytime I contact uh, like a client of ours or do anything. And I never would have done it in the past. And now here I am without thought like it was kind of a big deal after I had done it but in the moment I didn't even think about it because I'm realizing that you can just do whatever so if you come across something and you're like oh I'm too old I can't do that yes you can it doesn't matter put on the cowboy hat with the the little suspenders and do whatever it is that you want to do try on all of the things and you know what if you decide hey this was super cool for six months but I'm not into it anymore that's okay because you learn and you grow and you do things. And that's really the whole point is to have the experience. And, and like my personal, Lissa's personal belief and opinion, you guys, is it's just, it's, it's already been wild. It's been wild since 2020, but it's nothing settling down. There, there's not, it's not like, oh, okay, now things are getting more sweet. No, mm -mm. get ready to get fucking rocked if that's your belief and opinion. Well, excuse me. To each their own, right? Your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. But in my understanding of my personal reality and what's going on is that um, the like we understand as a collective, as a human collective, how to be stable, how to build a stable foundation and how to be really uh, equipped in terms of dealing with structural reality. So we don't need to learn those lessons anymore. We've done it. We've built systems. We've built structures. We've built entire countries, you know, and that game's sort of over. We don't need to keep learning the same lessons over and over. Oh, that rhymed. But um, now the lesson is, can you be comfortable with fluidity and change? Can you be comfortable when the stable foundation that you built externally is no longer holding up because of reasons outside of your control? Can you trust in your in your stability within yourself to handle these things. We really saw this with COVID. We really saw this with 2020. 
And I don't know how it's going to manifest externally. Um, what I do know is that coming from a place like we are best preparing ourselves moving forward now for the next five, six years or so. Um, if we can say like, can I be comfortable in creating my own stability internally? Can I be comfortable letting go of things that are not meant for me? And can I be comfortable of moving in a state of flow where I understand that things are changing and that's okay. There's no value judgment to that. And can I let go, like really let go of things? I think that moving has really taught me this. And also um, some things I went through in my personal relationships earlier in the year. It's like, can we really let go and just see what happens. Because when we allow ourselves to let go and to not have a preconceived notion about how the structure of things should be, we are engaging in this game of the universe as a co-creator, as opposed to sticking our like um, like feet in the mud. Is that even a saying? Like like being fixed and being like, this is how it is. Because imagine if you if you literally stuck your foot down and you're like, I want to be here. This is where I want to be. Everything that I want is right here. And then a literal tsunami is coming at you. Sure, you can stay there and you can affirm that that's the place you want to be. And you can decide that that's the only place your happiness exists. But the tsunami is coming whether you like it or not. So you're going to have a lot more comfort and ease. I don't mean literal tsunami. It's metaphorical. You're going to find yourself a lot more comfortable if you can recognize, hmm, that's interesting. The conditions in this area seem like they might be changing and there's tsunami warnings on the news. And I see this, uh, this water level rising. I think it might be good for me to get somewhere. I can feel a little bit more comfortable. That to me feels like the energy that we're moving into, like pay attention, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And as long as we're in that flow, it's like we can find ourselves in the right place at the right time with no value judgment there. Uh, meaning feeling the best, feeling the best to us and, the way that they, like where I'm living right now, my actual home, which I'm not going to say out loud because I uh, don't want to, is somewhere I never would have thought I would live ever, ever. And I am so happy here. I am so happy here. Like I, like this feels like home to me. This feels like home to me and previous versions of myself would have never let me live here for reasons that aren't worth explaining. So when you open yourself up to the possibility of what there is, it's like things can really change. I am going to say this with certainty, but from my experience working with people and doing this and doing the inner work and everything, the number one thing that I have seen other people stuck on and myself stuck on, the thing that usually is the key to unlock everything is letting go of those, those things. So instead of being like, I am, for example, poor, like I'm poor, I can't afford things, I can't do things, I'm like struggling, everything is hard, life is hard, life is hard, life is hard. And you hold on to this, like it's almost like a badge of honor. Um, this is a piece of your identity that you are struggling financially and you refuse to let go of it and you just continue to loop on the thing. So for me, um, I guess a big one would be like work. Like I, I'm a great employee. I'm the number one employee. I can do the things I'm like going through the corporate ladder. I'm, I'm going to be the best at my job and show up every day and do the very best. And, and, um, when I stepped away from that identity and I let myself detach from that, I'm in such a better place, but you can't move forward if you like have a tether that's holding you back. 
And with this kind of fluidity that's coming, that's here, it's not coming, it's here. Um, the number one thing that's going to hold you back are those tethers, those pieces of your identity that aren't actually a piece of your identity, but instead are a piece of who you think you should be or have known yourself to be. So instead of saying like, this is how you do the thing, this is how you do the thing today. This is your truth today. And maybe tomorrow it's different. And I'll give you a really silly example of that. The other day, um, my partner and I were changing the, the bedding and we always do it in the same order every time. We do the fitted sheet, then we do the pillows, then we do the top sheet and we tuck it in a certain way and then we do the blanket. And we did it out of order. And for a moment, I thought I was going to cry because we did the the, the top sheet before the, the pillows and that didn't make any sense. And I had to really think about why that impacted me so much. And those little decisions, those little pieces of uh, comfort or routine are awesome and like they're comfortable and good, but sometimes you need to mix it up to really see how you feel about something. And for me, sometimes I got to put a top sheet on before a pillowcase and that's okay. And maybe there are things in your life that you need to look at as well. Here's a fun thought experiment too for anyone who wants to just play with this. Because the energy's here, right? Like Megan and I are experiencing it. I, a huge collective of us is experiencing it. Maybe you're not. Um, so here's a thought experiment for you. Uh, think of the last two years since 2020. And you could do this like as a journaling exercise. Think of the things that you clung to that you were certain could, ooh, this will be fun. This will be fun for you guys. Uh, that you were positive could not change in your life or things that you could not do without that you were positive uh, would be catastrophic. Um, that can be a house, that can be a relationship, that can be a way of thinking, that can be a job, that can be a location. Like just literally think of the things, it can be also much more nuanced than that, but um, the things that you were gripping to that you knew were part of your core identity. Like I cannot live without these things, um, you prior to 2020. And now look at those things now, because chances are there are a lot of those things that are no longer in your existence. Chances are you are now engaging with the universe and your life in a way where you're more open to change than you were before. And you're having the very real feedback and experience of recognizing, huh, that's interesting. These things that I really thought I couldn't live without, not only am I living without them, but I'm actually thriving without them. Or, huh, these things I, I thought that I never wanted and or wouldn't enjoy are actually things that I now make time, effort, and energy for because of how much I enjoy them. It's like the that whole bit that I was talking about where we get that feedback loop for anything um, is the very thing that's allowing us to get more clear about who we actually are because anything is out there as that echo chamber so we can find the things that really feel good. And um, yeah, if you're someone that still believes that reality is a solid fixed state, think about who you were in 2019 and think about who you are now. And I think that that is evidence enough in terms of how things are changing. And you could even take it a step further and go, hmm, who were you years 2010 to 2019? And who were you between 2020 and 2022? Because chances are the growth and change has been astronomical in the last two years, as opposed to prior to those two years.
because we're all in this together. The world is changing. We don't need structure anymore. We don't need structure in the way that we used to need it. Now we're being asked to adapt to flow and change. Like that's what's being cultivated. Forget the systems and structures that are solid state. We figured that game out. How can you adapt to flow and change? What can you let go of? What are you clinging to? And how is clinging to that thing blocking you from experiencing what you actually want in life? And how is letting go and flowing allowing new opportunities, circumstances, people, experiences into your life that you're like, what? I have a really tangible exercise that kind of goes along with this as well. Um, that I, for, it's, from a, it's from a few months ago, but I think that if you guys also do this, you might have a similar experience. Look in your junk drawer. You have a junk drawer. Don't lie to me. Look in your junk drawer, junk box, whatever. The, the place where you collected the odds and ends where you were like, I'm definitely going to need this. This is important, but it's not important enough that like I need it right now. And it went into a place. Find it. Look at that. How many of those things did you used to think were the most valuable thing that you could not get rid of now that you look at and you could just throw it in the garbage or donate it and you wouldn't give it a second thought? And that is how a lot of this stuff is, is it was really important to you at the time. It was your core identity, but you have grown, you have changed. And you know what? Two years from now, you're going to grow and change and expand and take up more space and do all of these things. And if you, two years from now, looked in your junk drawer from right now, you're going to have the same experience. And it's that's a beautiful thing. And how cool to get to surround yourself with people who are also doing the same thing. Like mm, relationships are so different now. And I don't just mean romantic relationships. I mean, like take Megan and I, for example, if you listen to the early episodes of our podcast and how we interact at versus now, we're very different people. We're very different people. I remember there was a time where we recorded a podcast where I was like, I don't know. All I can see is darkness. I have no idea what's coming, but all I can see is darkness. That's because remember how I said I would have never thought that I'm living where I'm living. I literally couldn't perceive of it. I couldn't perceive of it, so I couldn't think of it. So it just had to like happen in a flow state, and it did. But um, it's it 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 allows for so much more in one lifetime because you don't just have to have one job and you know one fixed thing and then live out that life. You get to have as many lifetimes as you want in this single lifetime because you can be whoever you want in any given moment. And that's really exciting. Or it can be really scary. It sort of depends on on who you are <laughs> and how you how you face that. But um I personally find it fun and exciting now that I've gotten over myself in terms of clinging to things which really happened this year. And if you're someone that's going through that experience right now, as I know some of you are, um, the the quicker you can just sort of surrender and let go and give up, the faster you will see the reward from that. Because that's all the universe is asking you to do. Just give up. Just let, it, let, let go, give up, and then allow the thing to come to you with ease. And then you'll be surprised at what actually comes to you. I think it's funny that this episode was supposed to be really relaxed. And I think it's one of our more serious episodes at the end. I was actually thinking about that too. And I was trying to backtrack. I was like, when did this happen? Yeah. At what point? Because we totally were like, la, 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 la. And then it, it got into a very fixed pointed focus. I think that that's a really good example of flow too. That's like, true. Yeah. Zero expectation where we were both just in a crank. Do you feel better now though? Because I feel a lot oh, better. Oh, I feel way better now. Yeah. We were, we were in a cranky fucking mood. We spent 20 minutes before even recording, just complaining about things. And now it's like, oh yeah flow and change, flow and change, flow and change. And it's, 
I don't know. It's really beautiful. This is the type of stuff that happens when you just don't have a preconceived notion about how something should be and you just allow it to be what it is. It's like, imagine, sorry, one last example, because it's coming to me and it seems important. Imagine that, remember Flubber? You have to, come on, everyone knows Flubber. So Flubber's in front of you. Yeah. Do you have something to say about Flubber? I was just going to say, yeah, I remember Flubber. Okay. Yeah. So, so Flubber's in front of you. And imagine that Flubber can transform itself into the most miraculous thing you've ever seen, but it can only do that if you don't have a preconceived notion about what it is. And if you do have a preconceived notion about what it is, it will automatically shape shift into that. So if you look at Flubber and you're like, well, clearly that's a toaster, it's like, boom, toaster. Whereas if you just looked at it with wonderment and curiosity and like a lightheartedness, it could turn into a gigantic six story tall dragon that breathed rainbows. You know, it's like, that's what's happening. Reality can get real weird in a real cool way, but it it really takes like softening our logical mind and being open to the imaginative space. And that's basically what we're talking about here. Agreed. That was a lot, guys. Sorry. <laughs> this is meant to be a relaxed episode. <laughs> Thank you oh, guys well. for hanging out with us. I hope that you're all having a wonderful day. I hope this was of some benefit to you. And yeah, just be so gentle and loving with yourself. Yes. And uh, call a friend and vent if, you, if you're having a bad day because it makes a gigantic difference. Such a big difference. Huge <laughs> difference. So bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.